In a world where heresy blankets the airwaves, religious stuffed shirts suck the life out of Sunday morning, and prosperity teachers rob grandmothers of their pensions, three unassuming ministers endeavor to shine the light of biblical theology and put the fun back in fundamentalism. Broadcasting live from the Hall of Dogma. Brought to you this week by Speed Limit Signs all over the United States. Welcome into episode 55 of the Gospel Friends. I am Reverend Verbage. I'm Chase, Captain Crunchy Thompson, and I can't drive 55. <laughs> you beat me to it. <laughs> Is that a, that's a song reference? And I, I am Nuclear Nick, and I am sad that I could not, I did not think of that before the show. Who sings that? Sammy Hagar. Sammy Hagar. From 1974 to 1986, the highest speed limit allowed in the United States was 55, the national maximum speed law. Wow. About now that? in Montana, you can drive over 100. We have special effects for the show now. Nuclear Nick is back, and wow. he has brought effects with him. Nick, welcome back to the Gospel oh, Friends. Well, this thing is running great. It's just <laughs> running great. It's so smooth into the curves. What would you do, Claudio? You? Yeah, I adjust the cast and camber. <laughs> you sure you're glad I'm back now? What is what this? <laughs> Look out, Jack. Hey, Some sort of get movie. out of here. I'm driving it home. Video. Um, I'm so, I'm gone. Nick. I'm out of here. What's the video? I know, but we have a show to do. But yeah. it's a, there we go. Nice. This is the song I was referencing. Oh, oh okay. David, you and Culture Swan. Does Mark sing this? Oh, my. See, we, okay. I tried to talk about that during the show, and y'all all each other. No, so. I didn't each other. No. I would love to talk about Mark. <laughs> I bet you would. So, I, but the, what I mainly want to talk about is what all of our listeners want to talk about, and that is were you or were you not kidnapped by Dr. At hominem. No, Jacob lives far too far away. I was in the beach with my family. Wow. I thought we agreed we weren't going to reveal that yet until we drove out to Arizona and wow. took care of business. I know we, we, just, we just outed uh, Jacob and Kevin on the oh, We haven't outed Kevin oh, yet. I was going to ask if we're going to do we, that. We, but. we haven't outed Kevin and Jacob? Okay, this is great. I think we're gonna have to edit all this out because. Okay, Nick, I can mean, you edit this out? We Absolutely. need okay. to keep some secrets. I, li- I like how Nick's pretending to write that down. Yeah, I really did. Look, it's in the show doc. Okay, good Check job. Check Google. It's right under the headline. It's right under the column that says things I really won't edit. <laughs> hey, guess what was my favorite pre-show moment? What was that? When David McConnell said, "Who's playing a video while I'm trying to pray?" <laughs> That was a good quote. Very anchorly. And I, Can anybody but, guess who was playing the video? Oh, I know. I do, too. It was me. That's right. It was you. I, I am concerned, though, just in case that Dr. Ad hominem, Hominy. hominem actually did what he claims to have done, which is kidnap you. And he released you with an implant in your head that um, could explode at any moment. That, that, that concerns me. Why does that concern you? Well, because... But I had... What if he blew you up right now at this table? Look, we had conversations all throughout the week. Yeah. Uh, there was pictures of yeah. the trip. Yeah. So this was either the most elaborate hoax... That's true. ...any of us have been a part of. That's true. Or I was on vacation. That's true. Hey, you know what? And your care. wife was in the pictures, and, and I trust yeah. her. I don't care about all that. And you're scared, scared of her. She scares me a little bit. You know what okay. concerns me? It concerns me that 
I almost died at the end of the last episode, and not a one of our <laughs> thousands of listeners bothered to write in episode? or tweet. I was poisoned. But you know what? I'm not okay. Not very effectively. Thanks for all your concern, <laughs> <Bot>. jerks. Evelo- <laughs> what was it called? Evelos. Evelos. Sort of cyanide Which is evil. evil O's. Yeah, I figured that out afterwards. Now, who is the draw person? Well, I also figured Dr. that a. one out. Dr. A. Uh, there was a period missing, and you know, it's just a lot of letter. We were in a hurry to get out of town for vacation. If you're a first time (laughs) listener, which by the way, I just want to say those of you who waited for episode 54, and it was late last week, and I got the blame for it. I'd like to point out that I, I have the worst internet of anyone at this table. It takes years for me to upload anything. Because it, it's just a bunch of monkeys, yep. and they're running on a treadmill, and they can't run that fast. Yep. You were supposed to upload the show, and at the last second, yep. you decided to head on to the mountains, and I was left holding the, the bag, so that to speak. That is true. Do you know what time we arrived in Gallenberg? No. 4 a.m., and that's not a joke. Well, that's a good call. Yeah. That was a, that was a great <laughs> plan there. So your bedtime is what I'm hearing. Well, my bedtime, but boy, everybody else had a hard trip. Mm. Well, I did fine. Now, let me, but correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. The monkeys had a much easier time with the computer that was not a. Yeah, so apparently you brick. shouldn't. I shouldn't have tried to upload the file over wireless. Yeah, a Celeron yeah, with thirty-two megs of RAM probably <laughs> isn't going to do the job there. Episode manager, David. fifty-five of the Gospel Friends is underway. Let's get to what's some on tap. Serious uh, discussion on what's on tap for yeah. tonight. We got to talk about that. So we're going to talk. Uh, we understand we're going to bring back an old faith today segment, oh old old video cast we used to do, which yep. you can still find out on YouTube. That's right. Hashtag Pat Watch. We used to do a, a, a segment called Pat Watch, and I understand that we're bringing Pat Watch back for yep. this episode. And so we're going to be really. It's more of a Pat listen on this show because we don't have as much video. Oh, we're not doing Periscope today. That's probably my fault. But I thought we were under a time crunch. Apparently we're not. Uh, we're also okay. Oh, uh, we're also introducing a brand new segment. Boy, are we for episode fifty-five? Brand new segment. This is TGF Snaplines. Yep. So stay tuned for that. And I've got four letters for that: P I C E. And if you unscramble that a little bit, you get epic because <laughs> it's going to be epic. <laughs> Nick, what are you going to bring to the table today? Probably better jokes than that one, huh? The show on time. Okay, that's good. Epic was the name of my old youth group. I know here at the Hall of Dogma Church. And we're well, we're in that room, aren't we? We are in that. We room. used to have that poster over on that wall. All right. So before we get into any of that, though, guys, we have another story that we'd like to open up with tonight. Wait, wait. Is this a transition? Oh yes, this is a transition into. Our Meanwhile, in the future, at the Hall of Dogma. That's a brilliant transition. We are well on our way to being on uh, satellite radio and all that kind of good stuff. I think there are some that are better careers. than that. They're getting nope. I haven't heard them. I need you to actually put another edit point in here. What are you doing, man? Tell your story. Are my, you not prepared? My Internet Explorer crashed. <laughs> <laughs> What's up with that, man? Oh, entitled. All right, so this is a story from our local, actually, uh, here in Alabama, website, uh, news, newspaper called AL.com. The title of the article, As Gays Gain Approval, Are There Any Traditional Moral Taboos Left? Not many, except this. 
Gallup says. So there's a, a new Gallup poll that came out, um, and uh, it it is um, discussing with Americans what behaviors they find morally acceptable or morally unacceptable. And so they are comparing this poll that they did in 2015 with a poll that they did in 2001, so 14 years ago. And they're comparing uh, certain uh, issues in the country and how what percentage of people found these morally acceptable in 2001 versus how many people find them morally acceptable today in 2015 and giving us the percentage point change. And so right at the top is gay or lesbian relations. In 2001, 40%, according to Gallup, 40% of Americans found that morally acceptable. Today, 14 years later, 63% of Americans find that morally acceptable, a change of 23 this is this is nationwide too, correct? Yes, nationwide. Okay. Right, yeah, this is this is over. Um, so, fourteen years ago, a large, uh, a fairly significant majority found homosexual uh, relationships as uh, immoral, and now today, yes. just fourteen years later, the lifespan of my eldest daughter, um, the majority of Americans find homosexual relationships is completely as, flipped. Yeah, that's interesting. So my, significant. What is the you know, I have some questions there, including like what I mean. What is the what is the driving force there? Like, I, I wonder. You know, I mean, okay, perhaps do more people know gay and lesbians? Is there a larger number of them today that are outspoken? Because one of the things that I see, even in people, Tony Campolo, who has come out. Um, in this the last past week, yeah. week or so about being in support of um, homosexual marriage, I believe. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he mentions knowing and loving, you know, homosexual couples, you know, people that he, know, he knows personally. And I, I, I think that has a large effect on people's opinion. I think when they know someone – a family member or a friend, someone that they love and they are affectionate for. I have heard this over and over. I was against it until it was my own child. Yeah. I was against it until it was a family member. It seems like that having that someone significant in your life who now comes out as being homosexual causes people to, quite honestly, change their view. Um, because all of a sudden, it's... It's like for me to deny this or to say this is wrong is for me to deny this person that I love. Yeah. So I, I think that has something to do with a change is that more people now know someone. But I, I don't know if that would account for 23% in 14 years. Well, it's a significant number. It's a significant swing. I, I do not think the primary mover behind that significant swing is knowing people that are homosexual or or struggle with homosexual desires. But I will say this. I think the large majority of the people you hear that come out with a, a change in position, Tony Campolo being one, Matthew Vines probably has, has almost always had that position. Uh, the pastor um, in Nashville uh, that changed his view, the pastor in Seattle that changed his view uh, that we've talked about before, I think the large majority of those guys almost always lead with relationship. My view has changed because of relationship. And it's a very millennial kind of thing to do. It's, it's, it's a very uh, a touchy-feely sort of thing. It's personalizing 
uh, a, a morality that for many people is abstract. It, it's, it's making it much more concrete. Uh, but it's essentially saying this, and this is why it's disappointing from uh, the perspective of the, these pastors that are coming out, Tony Campolo, uh, th- these kind of people. You're basing your morality not on the objective but on the subjective. In other words, your mind has been changed because of experience. So for these people that are coming out and saying this, they're saying, well, morality is subjective, and I think that's even a, even greater fundamental worldview shift uh, in my mind than a, a shift on a small area of sexuality. The subjectivity of morality is a good topic of conversation. Um, as we we're thinking about the the what has caused the shift, we're talking about the relationships, we're talking about the acknowledgement, and one of the thoughts I was kind of thinking about was which came first, um, more acceptance, so that allowed more people who were homosexual or, or whatever make that known or did more people start going this is who i am this is how i feel so you know here it is and then people had to adjust i i kind of wondered which which of those things kind of happened first or was it just kind of this slow stacking um the subjectivity of morality is probably the thing that, that hit me the most because pre-show we talked about a couple of these and there were a lot of things that has just slidden i from from our perspective i guess you would say and and it is it is troubling how some of these things that were just and I don't want to sound like a, a grandpa, but were no nos, just they were they were givens that this isn't the way you behave. Um there's been a drastic shift. So because of all of these stats together, it does seem more of an issue of the morality as opposed to a singular. Well, issue. okay. So I think, I think you're right. I mean, so if you look at some of these other ones, um, having a baby outside of marriage, um, 2001, that was considered morally acceptable by 45%, less than half the country. Today, 61%. So there's a 16% swing there. 15% more people today find it morally acceptable to have sex um, man and woman that are not married, so unmarried couples having sex. What was it in 2001? 53. Okay, Today so it's 68. 68. A See, lo- those two majority. have to go up in conjunction sure, in my sure. mind. Uh, is a, a divorce acceptability 59% in 2001, yeah. which is a large majority, but 71% today okay. find that wow. morally acceptable. Um, and even, which I remember this was a huge deal in 2001 because I, I remember George Bush, Al Gore, uh, they went through the presidential election in 2000. Uh, there was a large discussion about um, um, medical research using human embryos, stem cells, things like that. Fifty-two uh, percent in two thousand one supported that. Sixty-four percent today um, find that morally acceptable. So you've had this this pretty large shift. And so, to if if I'm hearing what you're saying, it's a part of a moral decline in general. That's the that's the feeling you get reading this this study. Or, or and I don't like using. See, here's here's where I get tripped up because to say it's a moral decline for us as believers what we have to understand is this is what the word tells us is going to happen is that as as these things start to slide they will start to slide in greater quantities and so we as as believers look at things as how they should be based on the bible the world this is this is the basically the lord turning people over to their sin and and so mm. We as believers, it's very Bible. Romans of you. Hmm? That's very Romans of you. Really, we're going to do this now. No, I'm I was going to go Revelation, but just go ahead. Um, <laughs> we we started the battle and it threw me off. Um, but but no, it's you know, 
Christians have lived in a, a state of being the majority for so long that now that we're not, we're freaking out a little bit. Um, but but this is just the unsaved, the unregenerate doing what people will do. And so that poll is the Tony Campolo thing, the pastors and, and all of that, the Christians who are changing their views of morality – or at least the the Christian claimants who are changing their their views of morality. That is the thing I think this is, is a significant culture shift. Well, so, okay, what do you think is? I mean, because even morally, so let's say if we've talked about a couple of things. So we've talked about knowing more people. So knowing people who are coming out as gay and lesbian, and, and like you said, that morality um, changing because of that. So it's yeah. being very subjective, but. We're talking about moral decline in general in the country, but even still, okay, you've got a 16% increase in people who agree with having children outside of marriage, 15% increase in sex between unmarried men and women, um, 12% increase in people you know morally acceptable uh, for divorce, but 23%. 23% for gay and lesbian relations. So there, there's been a huge, I mean, because it was only 40% in 2001, so now today it's this this huge change. It's a mega shift. So, I mean, Cultural what, mega shift. What do you view as the driving force behind that? Do you have a an idea of, you know, is it just one thing or is it a combination? No, I, think, of, I think statistically what you're seeing in this poll, if it's accurate, and I believe it is. I believe it's, you know, give or take a few percentage points, it's largely accurate. I think you're seeing uh, something of a slide of immorality mm-hmm. that, that Nick has said. But I think you're seeing a significant mega shift in the consciousness of the United States of America in regards to the homosexual issue. I think the driving force behind that is um, – well, I, I, this is going to put your tinfoil hats on because I'm going to sound like a, a bit of a conspiracy theorist. But I, I believe you have uh, news organizations that are, with a few uh, obvious exceptions, largely very liberal in their understanding. I think you have uh, the the college and educational elite that are also largely very liberal in their understanding. Something – 10 years ago, 12 years ago, in that, that range, something ignited these cultural left-leaning elites on the issue of homosexuality. They took it up as a banner, and it has become the civil rights issue of 2015, which, quite frankly, I found very offensive. Yes. But they have treated it as the civil rights issue of 2015. And, and I'm talking about news organizations. I'm talking about educational elites Etc. I think that's the driving force. We talked about the show being Friends being back on Netflix yep. and how it was kind of a nostalgia thing. And you know, every once in a while, Lisa and I'll just need to zone out for thirty minutes. We'll, we'll turn on the episode, and every part of that episode has to do with these six character sex lives all throughout the show. Mm-hmm. And it's it's about twenty years old. And so, if you look at two thousand one. Add four years, 2005, when Friends started, and 20 years. That, that behavior was completely normal. But one of the characters, former spouses, mm-hmm. was homosexual. Yep. And so it was, a, it was a side thing. And, and that's side, yeah. somewhere down the line, it became normalized. Yeah. And, and so that's – I would 
it was, it's the normalization of it. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know. Sway of popular opinion. Well, it's a triad. In my view, it's a triad. The, the journalists I mentioned earlier, the educational elites I mentioned earlier, and Hollywood. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, obviously Hollywood and comp- I, I mean that generically. Uh, I'm talking about film and TV. Yeah. Well, I think popular opinion, or that's the word I'm putting. So when. You know, the country begins to swing, or, or large groups of people begin to swing opinions from one to another in mass. What that shows me is either someone has you know brought forth information that's just like new revelation, and it, and everybody just has to swing with it because it's just obvious that okay, the truth is now over here. I don't think that's happened in this case. The other, to me, revealing thing is that people never knew why they stood where they stood, um, and I think that's what's happening in the Christian circles. I think people don't know why two gay people should not get married and even don't know it biblically. And when someone like a Matthew Vines comes along and says, you know what, the Bible's really not against this, or God really wouldn't be against this, and, and presents this kind of different truth that sounds pleasing, yeah, sounds, sounds convincing. convincing, and they just go with it because they really maybe never were solid in what they believed to begin with on the issue. But whose fault is that? Is that is that the people as readers or is that us as church leaders that it wasn't a problem so we ignored it for so long? I think there's a profound biblical illiteracy yeah. that uh, is is being exploited here in, in a sense. Uh, the, essentially, Tony Campolo, Matthew Vines, their arguments on the issue of homosexuality come down to personal relationships. The church has been wrong before, slavery uh, being one instance uh, that the church has gotten it wrong. The church has got it wrong here. We need to be on the right side of history. And as you say, David, people don't know what the Word of God says enough to stand there and say, wait a minute, Romans 1 Mr. Vines seems to really contradict mm. everything you're saying here. Tony, you're a biblical scholar of sorts, really he's more of a social scientist, but uh, Tony, what what do you make of Romans 1 in your mm. argument? And you'll find that you don't get a lot of that in these sorts of pronouncements. You don't get a lot of exegesis of Scripture, and when you do, like w- what Matthew Vines does, he just does it terribly. I mean, it, what what Vines does in his book is a terrible mishandling of Scripture. Uh, I'm not saying he's an evil man or or a, a conspirator. Uh, I'm just I, I just think he he bungles the handling of Scripture yeah. so poorly there. But for somebody who's never studied words Greek. It's convincing. It's convincing. I mean, I I have talked to more than one. I I had a conversation this week with somebody who just kind of heard this for the first time and said, I mean, what's your opinion here? Because, I mean, and I even said when I read the stuff, I mean, if you're not solid in what you understand and and believe, and I think some guys like Al Mohler, and they've done a great job of refuting what he has said. Uh, Quite honestly, you know, I'm not uh, a Greek scholar. Uh, You know more you know, than I do, and, and I, you and I have had discussions on this, but my understanding is it, it, his approach is terrible mishandling of the the uh, the Greek, the and, Greek and, and the original and, and the English, uh, or whatever translation it is. The fact of the matter is you don't really have to be a Greek scholar to get into the Word and kind of read what's said, mm-hmm. and, well, and it's, it's clear. And you, you, Yeah, you don't have to be a Greek scholar to understand there is, I mean, 
nowhere in Scripture is this painted in a favorable light. Yeah. Nowhere. The only places in Scripture it's mentioned anywhere, it is under condemnation and sin. Yes. But I, I, I think in this, you know, we'll have to wrap up here, uh, maybe get into this another time. But, you know, 2 Timothy, we've talked about these passages before. Um, the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. The Bible clearly says there is going to come a time where people – You said it was a Romans thing. I like that better. Yeah, they're going to go out. They're going to go out and find people who will teach what is is in line with their desires. And we – are we not in a – church culture, have we not been in a church culture for a while that paints doctrine as boring and unable to draw a crowd? Oh, look. And, and churches are so focused on getting people in mass in the door, and we we don't want, you know, doctrine sounds boring, and so, sorry, I got animated there. Doctrines, oh. <laughs> I almost knocked over Very passionate. Rick. Uh, Rick. <laughs> Rick. Hey Rick! Hey Rick! Welcome. Is that in the Bernard the of this show. room? Rick, Rick, Rick replaced Bernard this week. Bernard's on vacation. Uh, um, I guess I probably couldn't get you, you to were another on a bit of a, point. A, a bit of a roll there. For a this while. is too good. I think we need to keep this. One. Okay, so people, churches are, are concerned more with getting people in the door, and doctrine has become kind of a boring word. We can't draw a yeah. crowd to a doctrine. But the Bible says there's going to be time where people won't be able to endure it, and doctrine and sound doctrine is what keeps people grounded when other people come around to preach false gospels. If you don't know the true gospel, you're not going to know a false one. The exhortation of Paul to Timothy is preach the word in season and out of season, and I'm, I'm afraid we're failing at that. There's a, there is a concern I have, and, and, I'm, and it's not this statement is not to refute either of you at all, but... There are too many Christians that are taking up you, – you talk about it being a civil rights issue or whatnot. You have too many people who are making it – making homosexuality an issue, a political issue, rather than understanding that homosexuals or divorced people or people sleeping with people unmarried are people that need the gospel. And what they have done is they've ostracized these people or people that, that – agree with them because they've made it a political issue and it's you're right or wrong we're on this side or that in a way that they don't do to their divorced parents or or their their brothers and sisters who are hurt sleeping around yeah and so they've they've put up a wall and that's where i think the emotional uh, i think somebody t- talked about the tony campolo thing being an emotional thing and i think that's where the the emotional argument gets to people um i have been careful what I post or repost on social media, despite how much I may think it's an eloquent explanation of how I feel about these things, about things that are are overtly oppositional to homosexuality or transgender, because I have a family member who is homosexual, and I have a close family friend who was a pillar of support to my family during the situation of my mother-in-law's house a few years ago in the tornado, who is a transgender person. And because I'm so afraid that they're going to lump because I posted this statement yeah. that's still compassionate, loving, da 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 da. I'm afraid of posting those things because of it's going to lump me in with this issue based thing rather than this doctrine based thing. Does that make sense? It, it makes absolute sense. I think there's there's two ways, the two major ways that the church 
has failed pr- primarily with the issue of homosexuality, but the issue of sexuality in general. Mm-hmm. The first is the one we've already talked about. We, uh, as David has said, we have a shallow understanding of what the, really, the Bible really says. The second is also profound, and that is we have singled out homosexuality and homosexuals and people who struggle with gender issues and, and issues of sex. We've singled out and that them – in particular, as elevated sinners. We've treated them as pariahs. We've pushed them away. We've criticized. We've made jokes. We've been less than compassionate. And I think in doing so, we have done a terrible, terrible injustice to to the world um, and, and, and to people struggling with, with issues of sexuality in, gen, in, in general because we have done something that Jesus never did, Paul never did, no writer in the New Testament or the Old Testament ever did, and that is separate homosexuality as a greater abomination than other sins like uh, gossip, jealousy, mm-hmm. lying, etc. things we tolerate quite well, whereas we look very askance and make jokes about people who struggle with homosexual issues. I, I, I agree with that 100%. Um, we've talked about that here, preached that here in a couple of sermon series. We're doing a series we just started at the HOD Church now called Bible versus Culture, and, and we're going to get into some of those issues during this series as well. I, did, I got asked today, I got asked a question today by someone in the church um, about, um, you know, because we, we, we discussed last week as we started this series, uh, we got asked a question, and the question that got that got laid out to us was, uh, essentially, my my daughter has a um, friend who has come out as gay. And my daughter's, and this is not me speaking. This yeah. is the person answering the asking the question. My daughter's fairly young, twelve, uh, twelve-ish, yeah, twelve, 13, maybe something. Her friend has come out as gay, and they have a kind of a blossoming relationship that the parent feels like could could become a really, you know, um, strong relationship. She's not concerned about her daughter being swayed over to homosexuality. But the question she was asking is, how do I, how do I know what is uh, helping my daughter understand how to love people, even people who don't know Christ, but at the same time protecting? Yeah. And, and I got asked that same question today. So someone else came up to me, and they were, it, th- there seems to be among some LGBT people an activism that is happening. They are, being activists for mm-hmm. their views. And so the person that came up to me today is they said, you know, this person in their life actively tries to sway people either to their lifestyle mm. or at least tries to sway them to agreement to it. And she actually knows of two people that they have successfully brought, successfully kind of brought into that lifestyle. And so she was asking me the same question is how do we – like how do we as a church open our doors to anyone? You're welcome here. But protect our children, protect people in the church who are not mature from that influence. And, and, and I think that's something that people are struggling with. Yeah. Um, is 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 you know how do you how do you do that? How, you know how do you do both? Um, oh look, I, I would do say it this. well. We discussed it a little bit in, in church when we got the question. It's it's a great question. And, and by the way, one of the reasons I think. 
uh, people in the homosexual community are engaging in a bit of a campaign, so to speak, is because, again, I, I think the church should take some level of responsibility for that I because that. we have engaged in a counter campaign uh, over the last 20, 30 years treating homosexuals. In some ways, they poorly. may not feel like it's counter. They may feel like we were on the offensive first. Yes. And I could see that. Yes. I, I, can, I am very sympathetic toward that, that argument. Yeah. Uh, but but my answer to the specific question, parents, you, you, this is this is going to sound like I'm uh, a throwback to the 1950s or whatever. But when you're dealing with young teens and, and preteens, you should shepherd your children's relationships. I don't mean control. I don't mean helicopter parent. I do mean shepherd because there are some kids out there that could be rough influences on your life. There was a, a situation I don't know much about. My wife was telling me about it, but apparently a 14-year-old a girl uh, just down the road from us in central Alabama has committed suicide uh, in the last couple of weeks because of uh, – this was a church girl, Christian, good situation, had a boyfriend, apparently well-liked, but there was some level of – uh, bullying taking place online and some sort of uh, uh, a sexual sort of thing that was taking place via social media. Mm. And it, it got too much for her, and she hung herself. Parents, we've got to shepherd our young teens' relationships. And I don't, again, I'm not saying controlling, I'm not saying be a Hitler, but I am saying shepherd those relationships, get close to your kids, shepherd their friendships. Some friendships are harmful. Look, look, call me crazy, guys. Call me old-fashioned. I, I think you've got to protect your kids from harmful relationship with other kids. Well, Amen. yeah, that was the answer that I gave last week. So, you know, I think I, I'm 35 years old. I thought you were 36. I am. I'm 36. Okay. Dang. Well, I'm wow. getting old. I'm about to be 37. Evangelistic dating and evangelistic friendships can be difficult. Well, I, I was yes. going to say, I, yes, I, I, and I was going to say, I, I'm 30, 36, and I, I can have a friend who is a homosexual mm-hmm. and have a friendship with them and them not be an influence in my life or primary influence in my life. Because I think when the Bible talks about do not be unequally yoked, it, it, it's speaking of that the people that speak into your life, that speak truth into your life, that are your main influences should be people of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think you can have friends. I think you can have um, those relationships, and, and as somebody in the HOD church last week exhorted us, uh, Joshua, to even cultivate those relationships for the hope of you know, um, the gospel Amen. coming to those people. But kids, they don't have a grid to know how to do that yet. Uh, I, yeah. And it's different with each child, so I'd, I would be hesitant to put an age on it. Yeah. But with your kids, you can't. You know, I hear parents sometimes say that. Well, I want them to. You know, I want them to go to public school and and just be a light to the school. Well, th- there's there's a point though where you're not strong enough, and darkness will overcome the light. And you know, uh, what bad company corrupts good character. So you can't just expect your kids to get saved and be ready to go and just conquer all those influences so there is a protection that has to take place there and i don't i would probably be more controlling i'd be probably be more on that controlling scale maybe than than you i mean i i think you have to control those things um to a point because that's your job as a parent well uh, to clarify i don't think you're saying that sending your kids into public school is necessarily uh sending them into a situation they're not prepared for but uh, I, I, and, and don't let me put words in my, your mouth. Yeah, don't put but, words in my mouth. Okay. 
what were I you saying? I will crash that on top of you. I'm saying that I, I have that language has you know I've heard that language used before about well I just you know yeah you know my son's in the youth group and I just want him to go to school and just be a light for Jesus yeah. and and almost this kind of resting like I don't have to do a lot of work at home I don't really have to worry oh, about yeah. his friends See, I don't really have to I don't have dangerous. to worry about you know because I mean he's got this well no I mean you've got to be active you've got to be actively involved you've got to be the gospel's got to be being taught and talked about at your home I've got to do a better job at, about this at my own home and I think we have to be actively involved in our children's relationships. I mean, I I think we, you know, look, I'm just more, this week I had a conversation with my daughter. She's 13 years old, walked past her door, door was closed and locked. And I knocked on it and I said, you know, she answered. I said, what are you doing? She said, oh, nothing. And I said, are you changing clothes? She said, no. And I said, rule is we don't lock doors around here unless you're changing clothes. And she said, okay, that's our rule. We don't, we don't, we don't, they don't have TVs in their room. They don't, I, I just... There's, I am extremely careful about the freedoms, and I'm not trying to put that on everybody else and say everybody else should be like that, but I'm extremely careful about the freedoms that my kids have because they're learning. They're having to mm-hmm. be trained. And, and training them, parents have to be careful to not give them too much too soon, including needing to know who their friends are and what kind of influence those friends have. And sometimes friendships need to be cut off. And it's okay if the kids get mad about that. It's okay if they think that you're... A controlling parent. Yeah. Your first and primary job is to parent for the glory of God, not be the friend. Chase was talking about shepherding relationships. Shepherd your children. And absolutely. You know, I am blessed in that right now, all of my children, the friends they think about, the friends they want to hang about hang out with, the friends they talk about are either people, families and friends here or that are um, families of faith that we know through our larger family of faith relationships. Um, so I, I'm spoiled in that even. Um, but I thank God for that. But it's, it's, it's the way we have raised our children. But, but that's the thing is that sometimes I can easily rest on my laurels in that and be glad, hey, my daughter, her, her couple of her best friends are the kids of my pastors at my church. And, and that's easy to get comfortable in because sometimes it's like, well, you know, those we're all on the same wavelength about, you know, no TVs, device restricted. And so you almost get comfortable. And I realize there's been a couple of situations that I've gone, whoa, I've, I've got to engage or some of these issues. My wife has to engage with our daughter yeah. in because, you know, my wife, my daughter, uh, excuse me, my wife teaches public school. My daughter goes to public school. And so and, and it's not the, the missionary evangelistic type of thing. That's that's not our reasons. But because of that, there are some things that I want her to be prepared for, um, and not just because she's at public school, because of the world we live in. We were at the beach last week, and and God bless society, but you know, if my kids were any <laughs> less kids and just worried about sandcastles and and you know surfing waves or whatever with the boogie boards, you know, they've got a whole different lesson in society than yeah. I was ready for them to have, and yeah. so um, you know. Them being friends with y'all's daughter at that point or sons aren't going to help me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so shepherd them at home and, and get them ready earlier than you think they need to be. Um, and that's not a public school or a homeschool thing. That's not a whatever. Um, society's going to find a way 
to get a message to these kids. And yeah, my comment wasn't a public school or homeschool. I know thing. it wasn't. If I know that's it wasn't. what you guys thought. No, 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 no. I mean, if that's that's why I was asking for clarification. No, it's not. A, I knew it wasn't. But no, I mean, look, we homeschool, and but we we don't homeschool out of a protest over public school. Um, we we homeschool over that's a calling but no my what i was talking about was parents resting just yeah. resting in assuming that your child is can go right. to their school and be paul and they're not ready right to do that so um the tightrope uh, walking is dangerous if you're a rookie tightrope walker good job yeah <laughs> or even if you're a mature it's also dangerous then that's exactly right and, and look the you never see the apostles go out alone. Keep that in mind. That is true. And so they were sent out two by two. Yep. And they weren't children. Yeah, exactly. Right. There were two, by the way, two items on the poll that actually the moral the moral acceptability I was about to ask, decreased. <laughs> so the death penalty, sixty three percent found that morally acceptable in two thousand one. Only sixty in two thousand fifteen. So that's okay. decreased really? by three percent. And we have to talk about that one day. Yeah. Well, hang on. Definitely. You ready for this? All right. Yeah. Okay. Now keep in mind that. Medical research using stem cells obtained from human embryos has increased by 12% moral acceptability. However, medical testing on animals has decreased by 9%. Well, that's interesting. From 65 to 56%. Uh, the one taboo, the one seemed to be kind of protected taboo that people say uh, still morally unacceptable is having an affair. Seven, Only 70% only 7% found that morally acceptable in 2001, 8% in 2015. So only 1% change there. Thank God, but that is fascinating. That is interesting. However, I, I don't gonna, think that will be the case. I, I was going to say 10 years from now, that number is yeah. going to triple, if not more. That's See, my prediction. I, I actually I don't know that it will. I just think the flippancy for divorce will continue to. All right, let's make a bet. I'm just kidding. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's going to triple because I think – By that time, pot will be legal, so I – Bet you a dime back. <laughs> I think the net effect of Shout our out to current, Dr. Hominem, our current position uh, in, in culture on, on marriage will be a devaluing of marriage to the extent that marital infidelity is not nearly as frowned upon. Interesting. See, I'm, I'm still about the flippancy of it. What about cons- – ooh, wow, I was about to take a suit. Uh, look, there Dude, comes shoot. A, there comes With a, the flippancy of sexuality, what about consensual – and I, think, uh, I think that's how I think that's one of the areas yeah. it's going to expand. Uh, a swingers, y- yes, yeah. that was the word I couldn't. Uh, look, I think it'd be interesting to see because Paul, people wouldn't consider that infidelity. Uh, that and that that's true. They will move the definition of infidelity. Look, at some point, even though right now we have cultural taboos, we had cultural taboos fifty years ago, completely different. Hmm. Heading down this road, there comes a point where. How can you say? I mean, like if the if the national mantra is you can't be told who not to love, you can't help who you love, then I mean, the, apply that to marriage. Apply that to marriage. Look, apply that to you know, uh, apply that to children and adults. Uh, apply it to children and adults. Apply it to uh, groups. Children, uh, excuse me, uh, adults and animals. I, I'm just saying, right? Someone comes along right, so and says, I'm in, love with my, I'm in love with my dog. I want to marry them. So what were you thinking? Yeah. You guys are frowning on it. 
but oh no, I'm not frowning well, on it. Doesn't get to that. Well, I'm, I'm trying to. Oh, well, yeah, okay. you should I'm frown on it. it. You should I'm trying frown. to. I'm trying to avoid it altogether. I'm saying there there comes a point where, and this is not my argument. Is not if we accept homosexuality. We have to oh, accept right. these other things. My argument is moral decline. That's where the human depraved condition is taking us. Even polygamy, which was on this list, um, increased by moral acceptability of polygamy increased by nine percent from a, seven to sixteen percent. So, basically, you're saying we're slouching towards Gomorrah. Yeah, which you know the Bible tells us. Is going to happen. So, uh, I'm sure that you have, as listeners, comments on this and, and ideas and things that that we missed or push back on things that we said. And so, you might want to get a hold of us. And if if you want to get a hold of us, you know, what are some ways that they might do that? Nick? Well, I'd love for you to get a hold of us, but we're very comprehensive in this segment, so I don't know that that there's they probably don't need us for anything. They don't. Oh. You think we've but covered with this everything. segment, we were comprehensive. Okay. Well, what if they wanted to get a hold of us about, you know... How awesome we are? Yeah. Uh, there's Twitter. So, yeah, if they wanted to tell us we're awesome, or if they wanted to, you know, comment on, uh, you know, Chase's very Manilow-like voice. Mm. Okay. <laughs> how, how would they tell us about those things? So, audience, what you don't realize is there was just an edit point, and I'm not going to edit this one... But this is feeling a little awkward right now. There's a couple ways you can, if you are still listening, God bless you, get in touch with us. Um, the gospel friends at gmail.com is our email address. Um, we've got voicemail set up at 205-575-9735. Or if long distance is an issue for you, international, uh, we have a SpeakPipe account where you can go online and leave us a voicemail. SpeakPipe.com slash the gospel friends. The gospel friends. Known worldwide. The gospel we friends. are actually. And speaking of worldwide, it is time for what were you thinking? The segment where we look at wacky stories, strange behaviors, the human condition from around the world. Ask not what your country can do. Man calls nine one one to resolve three hour standoff. With angry house cat. You're lying. The odd thing is it started off with... I called the sheriff's department one time with this, the <laughs> no, dog situation. No, no, Chase Thompson. Do you want me to tell no, you about no. it? I don't. Okay. No. Are you I sure? Don't. It was a very interesting... St- Stamford, Connecticut. Right. A man... Right. You can't see me right now, but I'm doing air quotes around man. I can mm. see you. A man calls 911 <laughs> to resolve a three-hour standoff with his... Angry cat. Stanford, Connecticut man called 911 this week for help as a standoff with his house cat entered its third hour, leaving him stuck outside his home. <laughs> oh my gosh, a kitty cat. I, hey, listen, Tell I have told you before. Like a panther. I have told you before that don't call them kitty cats like they're just all, you know, sweet and innocent. This is the kind of thing that can happen when a cat decides to be all. I could get a lion out of my house in three hours, much less a little tomcat. This is ridiculous. I'll take that bit. I would too. I mean, you know, there's guns and stuff, which you know all of us have. How are you going to get to the guns, Chase? Well, I, I mean, I have a stash <laughs> outside your house, all around. All right, so nine one one was called at one thirty a.m. by Mohammed Lokman 
who can be heard telling the 911 operator, my cat was getting too aggressive. I was inside, and he attacked me. He started scratching my legs and biting me. So my wife and I went outside, and now we can't go in for like three or four hours. Operator responds, you said this was a cat? That's absurd. Yes. We Man cannot up, move. We Mom. cannot do anything. It's so aggressive and mad. So officers responded to the scene. Turned out the seven-and-a-half-pound cat oh, had given birth the night before and um, was a little aggressive over the uh, the uh, you know kittens I guess like outside do you have like a, a, a small limb <laughs> or <laughs> perhaps a blade of grass a pebble perhaps you know I mean, something is like the cat you know when you trying to come in the door is the cat rushing you is that I, that's one of those things. I think I would have just had to burn my house down and take the the um, you know take my chances with the insurance company and before I called the police and tell that's them just, that my cat will not let me back in the that's house. Mortifyingly embarrassing. Uh, Is there a picture of this guy in line? No, nah, not well, not that I found on the story. Uh, just wow. try to Facebook stalk him, David. If you want to, <laughs> but I, I will say, if you have to choose to be a guy, if you have to choose to be a guy, I would be. Con- I would be Connecticut guy. Like, if you had to pick one of these guys that I'm about to tell you about. David, you're either born a guy or you're born yes, a girl. I, I know. You millennial. Uh, no, no, no. Liberal. I but I'm just saying, if like if you're going to pick one of these guys, and, and i got two stories here. Oh, oh, oh I see. So if, you're gonna, if you have to be Stanford, Connecticut guy yeah. who has to call 911 because his cat won't let him in the house, <laughs> I would choose that over Colorado guy who shoots himself in foot to see how it feels. <laughs> Well, at least there's some level of bravery to that. Some guys shoot themselves in well, the foot. You know, Colorado is my second favorite state, so he oh. could be a little bit. Hey, you know what, Nick? I think this homestead. I, I'm going to go out on a limb here. Sarcasm. I'm going to go out on a limb here, and, and and even though it's not actually in the story, I have a feeling this was also a guy doing a podcast in Colorado who's waiting for <laughs> certain laws to come into effect. <laughs> I, I think so. they're already effect there. They are, but I'm, oh, I'm saying now that they're in effect, right, right, right. Adam Hurdle uh, decided that um, he wanted to know what it felt like to get shot in the foot, and he did it not just once, but twice. Because was he, was he was it in the wacky tobacco? No, no, it doesn't. No, that's what I'm saying. It's not oh, in here, but I, I think he was. So, yeah. um, so apparently he intentionally pointed 22 caliber. So this is not. Okay, not. You know, he's not shooting his toes off. But, but it still hurts. No, it's, it's going to hurt. Twenty two caliber semi-automatic handgun. Okay. Uh, pointed it at um, at his foot, pulled the trigger, because he was curious how it felt to get shot in the foot. Okay. Uh, and then he thought, well, now I'm curious what it would feel like if I got shot in the foot when I didn't have my boot on. So he took his <laughs> shoe off, and he shot himself <laughs> uh, in the foot a second time. Did it not hurt the first time? Well, I guess it just—he just wondered if it would feel different. It doesn't actually say, doesn't actually say whether or not. Um, I think we need to reproduce this experiment. Uh, well, who, who who wants to do that? I guess we. Can get, I think Narco Nick will do. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's that was what was it? Nuclear Nick. Narco Nick. Uh, my bad. I that's was thinking also. of something else. Now, um, what hurdle will do with his newfound knowledge is anyone's guess. But apparently, uh, he has been arrested. Um, I guess it is illegal in Colorado to shoot yourself in, in the foot. It's not illegal to shoot to um, smoke weed, <laughs> but you can't, <laughs> but you shoot, can't just... shoot yourself in the foot. He's been he's been um, arrested on suspicion of a prohibited use of weapons. <laughs> 
that's a great charge. And reckless reckless endangerment and child abuse because one of his kids may have been in the vicinity when he fired the gun. Wow. So it is that not sounds like a bunch of trumped up charges wow. to me. <laughs> Just let the man shoot himself in the foot, okay? Police, you don't have to get involved there. Uh, this, this is a Darwin issue. Take it. it sounds like it is. Just let the natural course of things take place. So he actually, and he didn't call the police. By the way, he actually he went to the hospital. Yeah, and they called the police. <laughs> yeah, and they called the police for an accidental shooting. And when the police got there, he explained, "Well, no, it wasn't an accident. I I was just Did curious how yeah, I was curious how it felt." I wonder if this was. I wonder if this is. I wonder if now that I think about that, like I wonder if his wife shot him in the foot, or maybe his house cat or something, and he's Probably covering it up. He's covering it up. He doesn't. He doesn't want to get them in trouble, so he's just saying. Well, maybe I, so. maybe I, so. I was curious what it felt like, so I just shot myself. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. Nick, I wish we had video, like Periscope or something. Right Nick now. looks a little flabbergasted. I wish you hadn't fell out of love with Periscope. We I could still see his, love you, Periscope. We could see his uh, expression We're bros. right now. <laughs> We're bros. Yeah, me and Periscope. We're uh, bros. Well, you're not that good, bros. Because you don't spend time with. I, I did take the week off from Periscope, though. Well, guys, this afternoon, your your wife did have an interesting story about you and Prodigy, but anyway. Prodigy, Prodigy, yeah, like the band, no, the internet service. Oh yeah, wait, what was the story? Uh, she basically takes like nineteen ninety eight. Yep, she takes the blame for your current technology addiction. My wife bought me my first ever modem uh, in nineteen ninety two. She said she's regretted the decision. Four hundred baud haze modem. Dude, that thing screamed. Okay, maybe it did. <laughs> but yes, my first time online was with Prodigy. My first time online was with uh, AOL. AOL. Nice. AOL.com. There was no such thing as AOL then. All right, guys. Well, we're moving into slightly more content. This is going to be a little infuriating. Um Nick needs to do a transition, Chase. This I is very. Stopped. This is very un. But you stopped and went. This <laughs> <laughs> is very unprofessional. I'm sorry. He's trying to give you the sign so he can do a transition. Well, I, I wasn't necessarily giving him the sign. My I, was, I was waiting for the cue. Do we this have, is a different type of transition? Do we correct? have? Yes, it is. Do we have? Right. Pat, do we have Pat watch music? Okay, so no. I, okay, well then, just do the transition that everybody. We wants can play to hear. like the Seven Hundred Club music and because we know we know music. what the masses want to hear. So give them what they want, Nick. Hi guys. No, that? no, no, oh, no okay. that's not it. Dude, I'm gonna hug you like a sleigh. Japanese. Ch- no, that's good too, but that's not what the masses are clamoring for. No, also, that's my ringtone. But no, that too is not what the masses are clamoring for. Chase, I oh, won in the vote, so let's give them what they want. <laughs> Meanwhile, at the Hall of Dogma. And now we're to our Pat Watch segment. <laughs> you have to wait for it. I, I keep forgetting. That that's you have in there. to wait. Yeah. Wait for yourself. You know. You know what we need, guys. I think we need about a month in podcast school because we're we're Dude, just we're going to start a podcast would, school. What are you talking we about? We would fail out in the first week. <laughs> you know, it's it's interesting. Should they have we such are, a thing. We as are talking school? about a worldwide podcast network. But before we launch that, we probably need to. <laughs> Learn, learn, to figure out how to podcast. Yeah. By no, the way, maybe. I looked at Podcast Answer Man's podcast school. Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> well, see, that's the thing. School hard be, knocks, baby. We don't. Because I don't have twenty five hundred dollars. Oh yeah, dude. He's expensive. Wait a minute. Old people Cliff. are wait. He's a good old people boy. People are charging twenty five hundred dollars for podcast school. Yeah. yeah. Wait. Let's do it. 
Well, we got to get a little more professional how, how, first. No, so we that don't. People will be like, oh, wow. How do you know he's professional? He's not that professional, but he makes a lot of money on podcast school. Oh, well, yeah. How many does he do a month? I don't know. One. Oh. Uh, but there's like a lot of people that sign okay, up for If it, we yeah. can do three a month, how much is that? That's a lot of money. Oh, we need to do more than that, though, if we're going to make a full-time living out of it. Well, yeah. maybe I could just make a full-time living out of it. Maybe so. Hey, David, let me ask you a question. How do you record the show? Whoops. Hey. How do you, how do you edit the show, David? Uh-oh. Okay, you're going to teach that part. <laughs> now we're back to the team. There we go. Okay, so all of that joking leading into a very serious headline and, and one that actually makes me angry. We're going to go live now to our friend Pat Robertson answering a question that uh, is very sad and tragic. Here we go. A co-worker confronted me in the break room and said she can't believe in a God who let her baby of three years old die, suffering a long battle in and out of hospitals while he heals other children. She asked me, why did God allow my baby to die? I told her that I didn't know why her child died, but God sees the whole picture. We see only in part. What else can I say? Um, well, what you have to understand, I think, uh, you know, in the Old Testament, it was like God's responsible for everything. <laughs> He brings out the bad, he brings out the good, he's responsible for everything. Um, more and more in the New Testament era, we have come to realize that human beings have uh, an agency, they have responsibility, and that a lot of things happen because of what humans do. Yeah. I mean, people die in hospitals because of mal medical malpractice. Uh, somebody uh, cuts the wrong thing and somebody dies. It happens all the time. A nurse gives a patient the wrong medicine. Well, you're going to blame that on God? That's not God. That's people uh, who are making mistakes. Now, as far as God's concerned, he knows the end from the beginning, and he sees a little baby. And that little baby could grow up to be Adolf Hitler. He could grow up to be Joseph Stalin. He could grow up to be... Uh, of some uh, serial killer or he could go up to die of a hideous disease God sees all that and for that life to be terminated while he's a baby he's going to be with God forever in heaven so that isn't a bad thing so how could God do that how could a good God let that happen well the good God is going to take that baby to heaven right now and that isn't a bad thing alright okay so here, here's the essential summary of what uh, Reverend Robertson said. In the Old Testament times, God was responsible for everything. Now we're mostly responsible for everything, and God allowed that baby to die because he could have grown up to be a Joseph Stalin or Adolf Hitler. Whoops, God allowed them to grow up. So what was he thinking there? It is time for you to retire, Pat Robertson. Go home. Shut up. So I have a lot of questions. <laughs> I have a lot of questions about Pat's answers. That's a good one. So if 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 that was more of a statement. Well, but I'm just saying like that's hmm. a, that's a good. I'm not sure how you really feel though. Can you? Yeah, like if um if uh, if you're going to tell someone that maybe God took their child because they could grow up to be an Adolf Hitler, why wouldn't he have just? Do you think he would have seen that coming? Adolf huh? Hitler. God, this guy boils um, my britches. So, I remember... Were uh, they dirty? <sighs> no comment. It was superhero talk. Yes. You know, Gospel Friends movie. And Chase just goes around and says, my 
my bridges are boiling right now. I'm so mad. Gee, wow, Batman. <laughs> Holy rusted metal. Uh, so God is sovereign in the Old Testament, but not sovereign in the New Testament. Oh, my gosh. This is so um, aggravating. Our lives, uh, beginning and end, are determined by other people. You know who's spinning their in choices, his grave their listening choices, to Robertson and, uh, say that? Arminius is spinning in his grave. <laughs> That's so ridiculous, even he's spinning in his grave. Hey. Hey. That's right. That was a joke. No, you know, Calvin, on the other hand, is not surprised. He's spinning like a drill. But anyway, keep going. Uh, so, um, <laughs> <laughs> right. this is what happens so, when we don't have a good week of preparation. So, y'all. hey. So, all right. So, so God's only sovereign in the Old Testament, not yeah, sovereign in the, in the New Testament. Yeah. God, uh, our lives are up to chance and, and you know, mistakes. Yeah. Other people. Hey, not, Garth sang a song about that. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Not just, um, you know, so God's not sovereign. And, and if God sees someone's going to be evil, He'll just go ahead and take them as babies yeah, maybe. so they can go to heaven. Except or maybe when they're old, they could have desi- died from a terrible disease. So we'll go ahead and let them you know, die now. Die now, yeah. So, so that's how we'll comfort people whose children have passed. You know, is, well, they were probably going to grow up to be someone evil. So God took them. Look, and that's not a bad thing. So be happy. How is it that nobody has stepped in and, and, and just driven – Robertson home and and not let him out. Well, that, okay. Look, there's a so John Piper who I I talk a pretty good bit about. There's a little app man crush hashtag man crush. There's a little um oh did I tell you about the uh, that um, had we went to Chipotle we could have met John Piper. He went to Chipotle and ate after. Are you kidding? The me? conference, yeah. So if we'd have just we were that close. Yep, we could have oh. we could have been there. Oh my! All right, so I John, ate that, I ate at that Chipotle all the time. Yeah, yeah. I really do. So a friend of a friend. Do y'all's wives have a tr- problem with your crush on John Piper? No, I also not that kind of too. crush. Yeah. And the listener of the show, Corey Drummond, Double H. She also likes John Piper. They went to the Hannah con- here. Yeah, they oh, went yeah, to the yeah. con. Allison, her went to the conference. Hey, speak. I think of- her quote was, "He was funny and kind of cute for an old man." Oh. I don't Take know if I should up. say that. He's taken. Should I say that on the air? I don't know. Are you going to edit that out? Okay. All right. So anyway, um, all right. So John Piper does this <laughs> series of questions. As Nick is five feet from the microphone, shaking his head the whole time. Yeah, he was. That right, was so. John John Piper does this thing called Ask Pastor John. You yep. use, it's an app, or you can go to the website, or whatever, and and, and so people will email in questions, and he gives nine or ten minute answers. And so he actually did back on episode two forty nine two fifty of that podcast. He did um, some discussion about Billy Graham. And Billy Graham's kind of controversial ministry um, toward the end, some things that Billy Graham said. I think he made a couple of statements that almost sounded a bit like universalism. And, you know, Piper was talking about, you know, Piper actually calls Billy Graham one of his heroes of the faith. And that, you know, he's known Billy Graham for his entire life, for John Piper's entire life. Billy Graham was a friend of his dad's. And that those statements were not made by the Billy Graham he knew. And Piper talks about when our heroes age, um, we have to understand that, that um, you know, people that we've always looked up to, when they age, we have to understand that their mind starts going and, you know, they say things completely 
off the wall and that he had actually directed his staff that when he started saying things that were conflicting with things that he had taught his entire life, that it was time for them to come to him and say, you need to go. Now, I am, number one, not saying that Pat Robertson is like John Piper or Billy Graham. I'm not saying Pat Robertson has ever been anyone's hero. I am saying that he needs to go. He needs to go. I don't know if he would have given these kind of answers 40 years ago, 30 years ago. Maybe he would have. Maybe he's always been that way. But I do know in the last five, six years, he has said some amazingly off-the-wall stuff, which is why we we kind of jokingly did that Pat Watch segment on The Last Faith Today. It just seems like he was always saying something, and no one's telling him, you need to sit down. And part of that may simply be because he'd fire him. I mean, maybe he – you know, started that network. He's in charge of it still, as far as I know. So he might just tell them, yeah. no, I'm not going anywhere. You're going somewhere. Uh, okay, then everybody quit and walk away from the man. That answer is so cruel and so capricious and so unbiblical that it, it, it turns my stomach. To, to, to merely say that suffering happens because, you know, God's not really in control much anymore, but he's in control enough that he kills babies that are going to grow up to be murderers or whatever. Oh, that I would rather Pat have just said, you know what? I don't know. I don't know why that happens. It, it's a terrible thing. But we live in a fallen world. There will be evil. There will be suffering. There will, there will be death. That's a promise, and and our hope is to look to Jesus, who is going to return, and there will be a day where he wipes every tear from our eyes. But don't give a shallow answer like that. that that's so awful, like that. So you know, I remember um, one thing. One of the things that my mentor taught me in in ministry was kind of early on. Um, he. We were at lunch one day, and, and he was telling me about a situation that just happened in his life, and, and he said, I made a cardinal mistake. He said the cardinal mistake was I didn't know, and I didn't say I didn't know. Uh, and, yeah. and he said – you know, he told me, he said, pastorally, you're going to – people are going to look to you. People are going to look – people in your congregation are going to look for answers. They're going to look to you. They're going to ask hard questions. Never be afraid to say, you know what, I just don't know. You don't have to have all the answers, and there are some things that we're not going to understand. There's some things that we're not going to be able to explain, and you will create more issues trying to give answers for things that there are not answers for that you don't have the answers for than to just say, you know what, I don't know. Here is what I do know, or I don't know, but but you know, I want to walk through this with you, and and you know, I, I don't know. I think it's pride. Um, Yes. You know, I, I think, you know, Robertson does this thing where people email in questions. And I, I like Q&As. We do the Q&As some here at the uh, HOD after messages. Um, we've, you know, we've done that for a few years. I, I, like I said, I like the John Piper podcast that's, um, that is, uh, you know, Q&A. Um, and I would not put us in the same category as Piper, but Piper is a guy who I think can do that. He can take the questions and he can give good, wise counsel. I don't think everybody can do that. Yeah. Piper's I, I, one of the best I've ever heard. Yeah, he is. He is one of the best I have ever heard. And I just I think um, Robertson. That's not that's not his calling. And he just he speaks with this. I mean, there was no there was no compassion there. This reminds me of the. The thing from a few years ago where 
it was something about a divorce. Like, did he? He told a spouse like a. I think the oh, it's Alzheimer's. He said yes, Alzheimer's was a valid reason for, for divorce. divorce. Yeah. I mean, he he just speaks and says these things, and there's no like there was no compassion in his voice at all for the person for the who had lost. lost their baby, yeah, yeah, or the person who you know didn't believe in God because I mean there was no love that you heard there. It was just this matter of fact. Well, hey, you need to kind of wise up. Sometimes God will just you know take kids because you know. Something bad might happen to him later. I mean, he. I don't. Answering questions is not his strong suit. Don't know what that. He's treating suit a counseling is. session like a classroom, and that's no, that's good. Good line. That's a problem in it. Yeah. Get him off the air. Get him off the air fast. Okay. Uh, and I work on that. I mean, I, I try this week. I've got a lot of stuff going on though. Get it done. Move it to the number one priority slot. Well, I was supposed to be preparing so, our podcast class. Training so we can make money. <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. So is it my job to take you guys out when y'all go see now? <laughs> yes, narco nuke. It is. <laughs> well, you know, I hear that keeps your mental faculties <laughs> sharper <laughs> longer. We get that bad, take us out. Well, wait a minute. Hang on. I think he should make that decision in the council of others because what if he just decides? <laughs> I mean, he is that's well he is the lone Arminian. I mean, uh-huh. what if he just decides he doesn't like what we're hey, saying? These, these Calvinist guys, they're a little uh, – one more John Piper reference, yeah. and they're gone. <laughs> Blown away. Look, one more I like Piper. Piper and his tiny arms. I, w- <laughs> I want to hear more from some of the amazing Arminian scholars of the day. <laughs> <laughs> Chase, Chase almost watched the studio. I have, uh, I, I had a huge mouthful when you said that, okay, and I was not, really close. Look, I'm just asking: Is it not weird that all the Armenian guys listen to all the Reform guys as their favorite uh, teachers? It's interesting. We're going to get a, a nasty email from Roger Olson. We're going to get a nasty sure. email from Tony Vance. Shout out, director. I love you, man. Yep. All right, so uh, guys, before we dock the ship of episode 55 we have the privilege of previewing and not previewing but um the beta version of a new introducing world a brand class new segment segment yep i was so confused at where you're going for a second it really helps me when you make that face at me nick like i have something coming out of the top of my head we should put that in our podcast school lessons. Yes. You should look at your co-hosts while they're talking like someone's behind them with a knife. That's that's right. That will disrupt everything. Yeah. Right, that would so, have been a much different look. So we're going to – we're actually – this is so new. This segment is so new. It's almost like we just came up with it right before we started this podcast episode. It and, is It is that fresh. Yeah. And, nearly and, that fresh. And the intro is going to sound like we're recording it live because it's never even been done before. A bit. But this is this is going to be good, guys. I'm excited. Let's get started. This is TGF, Snaplines, headline news for the Snapchat generation. Now, over to Fleek McConnell in the field. Fleek? All right, so this is the uh, brand new segment where... (laughs) Keep going, that was great. Okay, so in this segment, oh god, why I don't, know, I, don't, I don't know why y'all are laughing. I don't know why you're here right really now, but I know why you're gonna. I know what you're gonna be doing for three hours when we're done here. <laughs> no, you're gonna be editing this podcast. Okay, so this in this segment, here, here's here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna give you guys Christian headlines. Mm, these yeah. are these are headlines from Christian um, uh, news sources. Okay, and um, and the whole point here is is we're not gonna be informed. 
We're not going to have a lot of information. All we're going to have is a headline. Hey, this is 2015. We don't have time for all this We don't stuff. have time to read stuff. Just like nope. Snapchat yep. with the pictures, this is going to be a snap headline, yep. and you just got to give me your instant reaction. And we don't know what you're going to tell us. Don't know what we're going to say. I'm going to give you the headline, and then I'm going to shoot it over to one of the two of you for uh, rea- uh, reaction, then Help. back to the other. And yep. there we go. Okay, so uh, here we go. Um, over to Nick first. Nick, pastor rejects PETA's. $500 donation to fix church sign if he posts their message, Road to Hell is paved with bacon. <laughs> Yum. <laughs> what in the world? Are you serious? Yeah, so PETA, $500 donation to fix church sign if he would post the message, Road to Hell is paved with bacon. I got a 30-second 30, 30 response to that. Go. I right, go. PETA, send your check to <laughs> Highway uh, Alabama. Because our church sign is messed up, and I will put your bacon sign up, even though I love bacon. I, I like that reaction. That's good. $500. So you're basically saying we can be bought. The HOD can be bought. Uh, look, bacon-wise, I will compromise on bacon. Not it, the Bible, but bacon. The, Absolutely. Okay. In Old Testament, you know, bacon's not a great thing. Uh, yeah. Oh, my. You know what? I, I, my, I, I would, about our I would reject it, one too. time was on the sign. <laughs> I would reject it, too. I, I like bacon. I had bacon last night. I didn't say I would stop eating bacon. I said I'd take I the money a, to put I a sign I sat in a up. restaurant last night waiting so on you, Garth Brooks eating bacon. So you would you compromise your doctrinal integrity for $500? It has nothing to do with doctrinal integrity. No. It's about bacon. What is the road to hell paved with then? Bacon. bacon? Send me your money, Peter. <laughs> I just said it for you. Wow, hey, in unison. Could you do me a favor uh, before we move to the next headline? Could you put in some elevator music or something over my home address that Chase just gave out? To everybody on the podcast. Oh yeah, he was home address. Oh, yeah. yeah, he didn't even give the address to the church. He gave the address to my house. Boom. Yes. Could could you could you edit over that? That's because sure. none of y'all show so concern for my serial ad hominem. <laughs> all right, That's uh, the problem at all. This one to Nick. I'll be glad to Nick. As church plants grow, Southern Baptists disappear. <laughs> well, it's not because of the rapture. <laughs> okay, my reaction was. There are some Southern Baptists that I would like to disappear. That's a good reaction. Well, here's the thing. Church plants are like weeds, and they kind of choke out the Southern Baptist churches. That's what's going on there. Uh, be careful of church plants is what I'm thinking that article is all about. Raw, raw Southern Baptists. I mean, we're still a Baptist church, aren't we? Yeah. Until we change that sign out front. Until the sign gets changed. Yeah. Hey, at the same time we <laughs> change it, we could put something up there about bacon yes. and get our money. Fantastic. Did you read the whole article? No, we we're not reading the article. That's the point. I don't we're even just know what reading it's about. the headlines. What is the church plan anyway? That sounds like such a weird thing. I bet Dr. Ad Hominem could tell me. Okay, maybe so. Chase, over to you. Yep. Bill Maher slams conservatives for whining about attacks on Christians in America, calls Duggars the biggest freaks in the world. Yeah, well, this is about the sort of drivel you'd expect from Mr. Marr, who is uh, um, about as liberal as they come. Who are the Duggars, anyway? Uh, David's. They have a TV show. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. We kind actually popular. talked about that. We talked about that. Nick? Uh, look, he is he is a headline, sensationalizing headline grabber, and he will find anything to make a headline out of. So, um I, I like some of the things he he comes up with, and just the funny man, the way he challenges convention. But there's he falls over the side of sensationalism and headline grabbing too often. And and the Duggars was so two weeks ago. So hey, hey by the way, if uh, one of the Duggars had come out recently as homosexual or something like that, I bet the last thing he would do is call them a bunch of freak shows because absolutely, absolutely. you wouldn't do that. You don't call people freak shows. I guarantee. 
you're right on that. Yep. And there would not be yet a lot of upheaval. Uh, so part of this segment, the fun will be we'll read the headline, and I'll actually ask you guys to uh, – Try to um, finish, you know, answer the question oh, or finish yeah. the sentence or whatever. So we'll start with this one. Oh, boy. Uh, this one's going to go over to Nick. Uh, the headline is The Five Most Frustrating Things Pastors Do. Nick, over to you. What do you think was in that article? We didn't read it because that's the whole point of this is we're not reading the articles. What's a frustrating thing pastors do, Nick? Where's my gun? <laughs> I mean, no, go ahead. My, my mic, I'm having some, some trouble. Um, Have you ever had difficulty with pastors, Nick, that you could, you could pull from? It's not good. <laughs> Sounds like story Just remember, time. You opened this door. Um, uh, using their position for personal gain rather than kingdom gain. Oh, well, that was kind of serious. Oh, we were going okay. for funny. Here. All right, I got oh, one. I got one. Okay. I got one. All right. Saying today's message will be short and then going for three hours. Okay, that's a bad one. I got a similar one saying we are rapidly moving towards the end when you're every bit of 30 minutes away. And then the you turn it over to a second closer who talks for another 25 minutes. I know a pastor who does that. Hashtag David. Uh, yeah. Hey, uh, apparently today I said um, I don't believe the Bible, and then I stopped, it, stopped my quote to finish another thought that I had, and then I went back into the rest of that, which is I don't believe the Bible speaks against success. But uh, apparently, people grabbed onto my soundbite and were trying to recruit you to uh, get them a copy of it. Hey, that sounds like a that good plan. Problem. We need to lead the show with that as our headline. A couple more of these guys. Uh, Chase, here's a headline. The Ready. Yoga Pant Acopolis. Well, I, would say, a, I don't know. Can I do that over? Yeah. <laughs> can, Please can, do. Can you um, edit that out? No, please? but go ahead. The Yoga Pant <laughs> This is why I don't edit some of these, because when okay. we try to fix it, it goes so badly. The yoga pants. All right, let's try it again. Chase, the yoga pants apocalypse. All right, so let me just pull back the veil a little bit here and, and just be straight up honest with you. Those things are deadly poison. Have you wore them before? At least to me. When they're on certain other people is what oh, I'm okay. talking about. All right, so they're they're not personally my. Uh, I don't think David wore those out of the house. What are you doing? That's the Tim Hawkins yoga pants song. Oh my! Do you know who Tim Hawkins is? I do. Christian comedian. Yeah, yeah. He actually wrote a song called Yoga Pants. Right, it's we'll actually pretty funny. It ends with him trying them on his is, wife's yoga pants. Is it sinful to wear yoga pants? Uh, oh, is it, <laughs> is it sinful for you to wear yoga pants? Yes. Oh well, that goes <laughs> my plans for the evening. <laughs> Nick, let's do one more. Oh, for the love of God! Why are women leaving the church? Question mark. Because Chase you is wearing that. yoga pants. <laughs> I'm I'm actually okay with Chase's answer. That's, okay, uh, then that really can't be the last one. I'll give the last one to Chase before we go out of. Really, we're not not even going to tackle that one. Oh, you, go ahead. Jeepers. All right, go ahead. No, I wanted your astute. Why are women leaving the church? Yeah. I didn't know women were leaving the church. We have a lot of women here at the HOD. People, okay. Women are leaving the Hall of Dogma on Facebook. In droves. In droves. Well, the spam accounts that we keep ignoring. Well, actually, the Hall of Dogma has grown significantly the last couple of weeks. I must be out of touch there. I, I 
you know, I've kind of grown grown up in church culture where it was the men who weren't around and participating. By the way, that slogan women, you said earlier, we should put on our sign, Hall of Dogma Church, we have a lot of women here. Yeah. Maybe not. I wonder and if it has to bacon. do with the um, rise in feminism. Um, very much the can do it on, on your own. Um, used to, women brought their kids to church um, seemingly for some stability, for some uh, a community, and that kind of rise in feminism of being able to make it on your own, don't need help. Um, I wonder if that has an effect. Maybe. Bottom line, we have no idea because none of us read the article, but uh, I thought it was the men that were leaving the church. I think well, the article would seem to imply that that was old news, and this uh, is this so. is the 2015 news. Uh, hey, something you're still reading the 2015 one day. Uh, maybe somebody can text us a summary is it, of this article. Is it not true that a I, lot of churches view the women's roles as keeping nursery, ah, uh, taking care of potluck after meals? You know, I'd leave if even, those were on my only roles. Even in even in reformed, you know, in reformed circles, it's kind of, it's finding roles for women to play uh, you know it, they they're often regulated to those those things your which, articulation though maybe the issue is finding women roles as opposed to empowering women to fulfill the roles that they're yeah, able to yeah there there's some and I am a complementarian and and I view elders in a church as that being a position that's open to men mm-hmm. Uh, only because I, th- I think that's how the Bible lays it out. But I think you're right, that articulation of finding, because I believe women can are gifted. I believe women are gifted as teachers. I believe women are gifted as pastors, because I believe pastor is a verb in mm. the New Testament. I think it's a, it's a shepherding, and I believe there are women who have that gifting. Mm. Now, I believe biblically, New Testament-wise, they are... The women are to pastor other women, and they are to teach other women. But I think they have those giftings. I think they can do those things, should do those things, should walk in their particular callings, Mm -hmm. and perhaps churches have not done a good job of allowing them their positions. You used an interesting uh, word there. Last time we discussed this, I actually – Use their gifts. Yeah, amen to that, by the way. Last time we discussed this, I had a lot of questions on what is a complementary and what is an egalitarian. Now, uh, uh, just help us straighten that out. A complementarian is a man who compliments women a lot. Yes, that's that's exactly right. Good job. Complementarian – That dress looks nice on you. believes that – Oh, you want to do it? Go ahead. Yes. A complementarian has read the Bible and the egalitarians ignore it. Wow. Did Nick say that? Yes. Wow. I think it's the – yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, so complementarians, um, what men and women are created equal um, but are given by God complementing yeah. roles, complementing roles. Equal worth different roles. Yeah, different roles. So it's – it's and, and those roles – Equal in value, the people equal in value, carrying the image of God, but some roles to men, some roles to women. 
that complement each other. And then egalitarians. And, and by the way, a perverted version of complementarianism is what you mentioned earlier, where the women just do nursery mm-hmm. and potluck. That's perversion. That That's would be a not perversion. Real biblical. So would gender teaching. Husbands sitting on you know in the recliner demanding their wife bring them more beer and sandwiches. That's probably even the more wives perverted. have to submit. There's, yeah. a, there's a perversion there. But egalitarians, you know, affirm. Men and women created equal and also equal roles. Yeah. So there is no, you know, you know, they could cross over or whatever. There, there's no, there's no role that's designed just for men. No or role distinctive. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just so, I was a little bit flippant in my early description. Um, I fall hard in Ephesians five, where it is men loving their wives as Christ loved the church in the self-sacrificial nature Amen. of of a husband's role. And so I'll slip it before I've kind of I think everybody that knows knows us well knows kind of how we handle some of these topics but um, I don't want to be flippant because I, I know some egalitarians I love I love dearly but um, so many so many complementarians that I've seen early in my life stopped in the first half of Ephesians 5 with the wives submit and um, I think I think complementarianism is, is beautiful as long as the husbands finish reading the whole chapter so amen to that all right, so we never did uh, – we'll, we'll close out the segment. We did not get to – after removing 400 crosses, China proposes where churches can put them instead. So we never we never got to that one. Uh, so we're just going to have to Does go that out. that have to do with that biking story that I said earlier? No, nope, don't, don't think it does. So we're just going to play our outro music and um, leave the segment. Snap lines, when you just don't have time for real substance, well-researched information, or informed opinion. Good night, and good luck. I've got to, I've got to play the music first, but i got to pull the Take my up. headphones out. Sorry. I didn't know. Why don't you signal me when to start? Snap lines, when you just don't have time for real substance, well-researched information, or informed opinion. Good night, and good luck. Hey, where should we book our first class on podcasting? I don't know. But I mean, there's a clause I've got many, announcer how, voice down. How many seats should we plan for? <laughs> Probably 50. 50? Okay. At 1500 bucks a pop. Dude, we're going to be able to quit our jobs Have in discount. no time. Look, there's so many people in the Hall of Dogma Facebook group at hallofdogma.com that do podcasts themselves. They're going to be falling all over themselves no, to true. send $1,500 to us oh, to teach I'm them how to do a professional I podcast. I am sure. In fact, I, I expect as many checks in the mail this week as boxes of cereal. Wow. Slightly poisoned. Uh, so I can't help but notice that you shut everything down during that segment, took your headphones off, closed everything up, um, powered down your PC. Are, After getting a text message, Are you in a hurry? Uh, maybe. I, you know what I can't help but notice? I can't help but notice, where's my freaking T-shirt? Oh. <laughs> How about that? Dude, pay for the I shirt. paid for the shirt like two months ago. Do you have a receipt? Okay. We have a actually. You must, te- <laughs> you must have a receipt. Do you feel okay? Policy. Actually, technically, he does because he paid me with PayPal. Oh yeah, I think uh, so. That's I'm, good point. I'm no. actually I'm actually the one then that doesn't have a receipt. That is correct. Yeah. Pay me my money. I um, want my T-shirt. It was I forgot. Leave I'm on. coming to your house. Um, so for the the not so subtle intro into the T-shirts. Um, now that I'm back from vacation and have. Uh, <laughs> bandwidth which to process that oh i made a 
Yahtzee piece. Not Yahtzee. Um, what's the thing? The grid, the five by five. People play Tetris? it. No. What's the other thing? The game. Bargle? Group. Mm-hmm. Um, Mod Hun? No. People play it. Bingo. There we go. Bingo Square from the 25 useless phrases people used too often a couple weeks ago. Bingo Square there. But no, we are hoping to get a – I think I'm going to use PayPal. PayPal has a way to do a storefront where we can do some orders, and I just have to get it set up this week. And once I have it set up, I will post it in the Hall of Dogma. Kind of uh, first chance to order shirts from the listeners there, um, and then we will once we get those orders facilitated, um, we will put it out on Twitter as well. So, um, if you are not part of the Hall of Dogma and um, want want first shot at a T-shirt, um, that link will be on the Hall of Dogma. Hall of Dogma dot com is our Facebook group, and so that'll automatically refer Facebook dot com slash groups slash Hall of Dogma. Um, so, if you want to join in. Some very interesting, very lively conversations there. Please feel free to join. Um, as long as you're not a spam account and you don't act like an idiot, um, we will let you stay. So, Hooray. Yay. So I guess we don't have any listener feedback this week. Oh. Uh, did, did anybody well, look for listener feedback this week? So I'll get my people on that. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get back to you. That. What was wrong with us this week? I was uh, on vacation. I was also on vacation. What were you doing, man? You're supposed to carry the torch. Manning the fort, pastoring the church, leading my family. Wow. You're dropping that, really? I don't know. You prepared a sermon. I guess that's something. Yard work. You did do yard work. Credit there was credit work. is due. I think the, the yard, yard work too. looks great. Yard does Speaking look good. of which, my good friend Isaac Acock this week um, did a lot of work. You mean, the, look, who look. the heck is Isaac No, 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 no. Let, him, let him have his moment. He's starting to learn who people are in the church. Okay, that's, that's <laughs> important. That is important. In a, in a mega church our size that Nick is finally learning who people are is a, is a good thing. So in a, in a conversation that went wildly out of control before I could reel it back a couple of weeks ago, I was simply trying to articulate that we have people we know in real life, yep. and there are people on the internet that – we may or may not have met before. And I was simply trying to confirm, is this the Isaac Acock that I know, or is this somebody else online? But no, my friendly co-host, <sighs> jerks. Anyway, but it was very cool to see my good friend Isaac Acock that I know in real life and could pick out of a police lineup um, participating in the underage driving school we had at our church yep. work day. Um, yeah, really we was. had another one today. I, oh, I was it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, we did have another one today. You're right. Oh, absolutely. So the that was an Oh, could we make money off that? I don't know. Really? We could turn them into the police for, I don't know, do they give rewards for that kind of thing? Wow. Private property, probably. Okay, so next week we should check on listener feedback because we love our listeners. We do love our listeners. We're all back. We're to full strength. Nobody's yeah. going on vacation this week, so we should be good. Well, you're going you to work, so that's kind of. You know what next Sunday is, don't you guys? Oh, it's Father's Day. Father's Day. <laughs> we got another scheduling difficulty, but we'll figure that out off the air because that's the professional way. And we will, at podcast school, teach you how to handle your scheduling difficulties. <laughs> Not on the air. Because we, are the, we are the best at it. <laughs> you better believe it, buddy. Nobody knows how to overcome scheduling humps like the gospel friends. We could teach doctoral dissertations on <laughs> scheduling, especially me. Yeah. So tune in next week when you might hear David say. The Gospel Friends, the Canadian Football League. Yeah.
or one of these just a bunch of random phrases. <laughs> And there's your professional outright out out. Oh gosh, it's contagious. <laughs> Goodbye. Quick, somebody shoot the somebody the gun. shoot it. <laughs> Hey, are we recording? Because you know last week we made it nine minutes in and we weren't recording. <laughs> we are building story. you outtakes for the end of the show. All right, I am concerned, though, just in case uh, Dr. Ad hominem really did what he said. Ad hominem? Yeah, really said what he really did. What <laughs> really said what he did or did what he said. Okay. Can you edit that, too? Three. <laughs> Two. This is one of the longest edit right. points since the dog story. <laughs> Ooh, just play elevator music over yeah. the whole thing. <laughs> the fans love that. They love it. They totally dig that. <laughs> It'll be the highest rated episode since the last time you did yeah. <laughs> Okay. Oh, man. Okay. All right, three, two. <laughs> Shields up, Chase. Shields up. I'm there. Boop. Uh,